you are in the perfect place at the divine time to be touched by a horse. Here's your hosts, Melissa Pierce and Dane Cheek. Well, hi, everybody. This is Melissa. I'm so glad you're back for another episode of our Touched by a Horse podcast. Today, I do not have my sweet Dane with me. I love it when he does these podcasts with me, but when I'm interviewing some of my practitioners, I kind of do that on my own. He gets to joking around a lot. He loves them all, knows them all, so he gets to making it a little funnier than it needs to be. So today, I'm very happy to have a good friend of mine, Marcy Welty, with me. And Marcy, thank you for doing this with me today. I'm so thrilled to do it. I'm very, very happy to be here. Good. Now, we're recording this in the wintertime. I don't know when people listen to podcasts. Sometimes they pick them up at different times. But you live in Brooklyn, Wisconsin, which is pretty cold right now. Lots of snow on the ground. Yes, we just had a snowstorm today and got six inches of wet snow. (laughs) It's so good for the pastures. That's what we have to repeat to ourselves over and over. It's good for the pasture. (laughs) Now, Brooklyn, Wisconsin... Where's your closest airport and where is your farm in relation to that airport? So the closest airport is in Madison, Wisconsin, and it's about a 40-minute drive to my farm, which is south-southeast of Madison. Okay. All right. Well, I love Madison, so next time I'm out that way, I'll have to come see your farm. If people want to look up your website to learn more about you, it is That Then Farm. T-H-A-T, that, then farm. Marcy, walk me through where the name of that farm came from. I've been teaching horsemanship for over 50 years, and 25 of those years have been here on the farm. And many of the parents, before I started Gestalt work, many of the parents would come and sit in chairs and watch their children learn. And they would say, this place is so calm and so quiet. I feel so zen when I leave here. That's great. That's really good. I love that. That's very, very true, I'm sure, for sure. Did you have horses as a kid? I got my first horse when I was about 12 or 13, two little Shetland ponies. And then the next year I got my own half Arabian, but I've been riding since I was four. Yeah, that was my history too. I rode, but I didn't get my own horse till I was 11. So you know, your parents govern a lot of that with the budget and and everything else with kids. And people will ask me, how old should a child be when they start learning to ride? I usually say, I want them to know they're right from their left at all times. Like I want to be able to say, pick up your right hand, pick up your left hand. When they can do that, they can basically start learning to ride. So it's like pretty good. And they of course have no fear as a kid either. So you do some riding lessons, and uh, in addition to your equine gestalt work that you do with me, and you have sort of a special clientele. So you want to talk about your riding program for a moment first. Well, I am very non-traditional in that the children all learn about how to use energy to get the horses to go, how to shut it off so the horse stops. And by using body language, they can get the horse to go left, right, and sideways. And so they learn a little bit on the ground. And then I say, now we're going to transfer that to the saddle. And so that's the way we do it. And it takes a little longer to learn, but that way they learn to partner with their horse and rather than using the horse as a tool. Absolutely. And you know, I'm all about that. So I love that. And I think the kids that ride with you, 
based on that principle, they would learn that their energy field, what they're feeling, the emotions and how they're projecting that from their body affect other beings. You know, it affects their siblings, it affects their parents, it affects the world, their teachers, etc. So I think you're having a horse help them understand that is brilliant. And hopefully they really profit in all areas, not strictly with horses, but in all areas of their life. Now, I don't remember how you found out about my program, about Touch by Horse, Equine Gestalt Coaching, and all of that. So I probably need to thank somebody again for bringing you in, but I don't remember if that's how you found out about us. (laughs) Yes, you do. You need to thank Rob, Rob Goodland. Um, Robert Goodland. Great. He's another one of our interviews on our podcast. So that's terrific. So you and Rob knew each other through the horse world? We knew each other through the rescue that I'm on the board. And he actually, as a natural horsemanship person, he actually took one of the rescue horses to train at natural horsemanship, ended up buying her himself because he loved her so much. But he was talking to the other board members about how he was doing this program. And I went, Oh my gosh, that's exactly what I've been looking for all my life. That's what I've been looking for. That's nice. I hear the, I just hear the best stories when people tell me how they found out about us. It is not because we do a lot of advertising, you know, it's really sort of a meant to be process, I think, as, as we're going along here. So you did EGC and I guess without meaning to say anything about your private life or your private work, we each do our own private work. What I'm more curious about is, do do you feel that it's an accurate statement? I usually say if we went through a lot and we did our gestalt work on it, we still have a, a memory in our head of going through a traumatic event, but we no longer have the emotions or the pain attached to it. Is that what you experienced? Did that happen for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. When I went through the work, the deep work I did on an incident when I was 13 with a supposedly family friend who crossed too many boundaries. I had thought when I came into this program that it was all over and done with, and it truly wasn't. And when we were finished, I actually felt kind of empty because it was gone. The anger and the self-deprivation and all the things that went with that incident were gone. And it got filled up with so much joy afterwards that I am such a different person inside. But I see a lot of children that have had some similar things. So my heart is open to what happened to them and my ears are open and I let them know that I know exactly what they're going through and that I'm happy to help them if I can. Absolutely. That's beautiful. And I I love that. The work You know, sometimes people will hear about it and they misunderstand. They think, well, why would I want to go back and look at the most painful stuff in my life? I don't want to dig all that back up. And at the same time, for our listeners to understand, it isn't for the sake of digging it back up. That is not why we do it. It is for the sake of completing it once and for all. Whatever you couldn't say at the moment, whatever anger you couldn't express, whatever scream or tears you needed to let out. And so it's a quick technique. And it's an effective technique that lets people look at under our supervision, you know, look at their darkest day and complete it so that they don't carry it around anymore. I know a lot of people, when they think about that, I tell them you, whether you realize it or not, you get triggered 
in your everyday life today, but you don't always realize that's what it's tied to. Did you have that experience? Definitely. I had a lot of trouble even dating for many, many, many years. And even in my marriage, it affected that, even though I didn't, you know, I don't have that problem anymore. I'm fine. You know, I wasn't. I wasn't. I am now. Yeah. I am now. You think, oh, that was then and this is now and I'm okay and I don't think about it all the time and I don't realize that, but we do get emotionally triggered by things. Even, I had a client the other day, even seeing something in a movie theater and she didn't know why it bothered her so much, but she left the movie theater, really shook up. And it wasn't a movie about the trauma and what happened to her. It wasn't even close. But that triggered her into a really bad place. So when she got to me and we were talking about how she was feeling recently and what had been going on, uh, eventually I got back to what the underlying, you know, the underlying part of it really was. And it changed everything for her. So, yeah, sometimes it's clear to people, you know, hey, X, Y, Z happened to me. So I need to work on that. But a lot of times it's not that clear. It's very, very sneaky, those triggers for sure. Now, I know you work with kids and I love that. And kids oftentimes with special needs as well. But what I really support you in, because you're trained in so many things with trauma-informed training through me, and you're in my master's program now too, is the parents, right? Reclaiming themselves or refinding themselves when they're parenting kids with special needs, because it's easy. My daughter had a lot of special physical needs. It's easy to forfeit your own joy, your own happiness, your own sleep, your own everything when it comes to taking care of kids that need a little extra help. So is that one of your passions is working with the parents and the caregivers? Definitely. It's And it's very hard to get them here because they're so bound to that child and taking care of that child and everything. But once they get here, they're just like, oh my God, I didn't know that I was so closed in onto myself, you know, that, that all I could think about was that child and how much better they feel when they can let some of that go and, and find out who they are again. Um, you know, their self-compassion is gone. Their self-awareness is gone. You know, they're just so involved. So I love it. It's such a surrender and a sacrifice for everything for this child that needs everything. My, as you know, you didn't know my daughter, but you know enough of my story. My daughter needed everything. She was at home on IV. Her brain was high functioning. We were very blessed there. She was smart as a whip and all that. But physically, she needed everything. And because she was one of three people in the world with her disease, there weren't any doctors or other mothers to give me advice or other people to reach out to. And I think one of the things, because I already was a psychotherapist when Molly was born, one of the things that felt really important to me was self-protection in this sense. And that was I needed to keep my identity while doing that for her. So that when and if I lost her, I didn't lose myself along with her. And I, I remember the day that I made that decision for myself. I did my master's program. 
a lot of it written in the children's hospital on my computer in the children's hospital because she'd be in the bed sick. But it, it was so good. And later she said to me, and this might help some of your parents, later when she was 19 or 20, she said, you know, mom, one of the things was I never felt guilty that you sacrificed your life and everything for me. So I always knew you cared and you were there for me, but you didn't sacrifice who you were or your dreams or what you were doing. And she thanked me for that. And so I, I hope your parents see it that way too. You have to be the best of yourself in order to have all that to give to them. And sometimes I have to ask them things like, if you go down, who's going to take your place? You know, you have to keep yourself healthy and happy and alive to keep going. And interested in the world, you know, that there's, there's a world revolving around them and that child. The world isn't that child. That's too much pressure for a kid. It really is to think their parents are sacrificing everything for them. It's a lot of pressure for them. And as that mom, we don't always see that. We don't always see that sort of sacrificial place because we want to give, we want to give everything we can to them. So really tricky stuff. Touched by a Horse offers three comprehensive programs giving you the ability to have the career you've always dreamed about, working in partnership with the magic of horses. Our equine facilitator program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business hosting group experiences with horses. Our equine gestaltist program prepares you to open your own private gestalt practice in partnership with horses. And our master equine gestaltist program builds your gestalt skills both in and outside the round pen. All of our programs include in-depth live classes, business growth training, and a supportive community of herd members to collaborate with and learn from. Visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. So sometimes these parents come to see you without their children present, and other times the child is the one seeing you, and then you meet the parent, and they could come to a parent's group for support or come in for a weekend or something like that. Have you, have you started doing some of those? Because that's what I think, when I think of your business, what I'd like to see you do too is have some of the parents be able to know they could fly to Madison, you know, have somebody take care of their child for a weekend. This is their weekend. Fly to Madison on a Friday morning, spend a Friday afternoon and all day Saturday with you and go back home Sunday, a new person, a new, lots of stuff is out. Everything's cleared and they really return back to put that loving harness on to carry that wagon with that child. So have you begun doing some of that with these parents, Marcy? I've done groups here, weekly groups. And until this winter, we would have to quit because it was too cold to be in with the horses. And now I have a lounge. So the horses are right outside the windows. So we've been doing some work in there. Wisconsin in the winter is not a lot of fun, so the roads are bad and it's dark and everything. So it's been a little bit of a struggle, but yep. I tell a mom and dad of a of a highly involved child that the time to go see you is in the wintertime. I agree. <laughs> There's but, rarely yes. as pretty a place as Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 
gorgeous, you know, a good part of the year. So go during the good weather time. You know, our, our listeners sometimes wonder, like, how do I get involved? They don't have to live in Wisconsin to be involved with you. And that that's my point, that all of our grads have specialties. All of them have, you know, certain things. And a few of my grads have specialties as as succinct as yours. And so I want to say to any mom out there or father out there listening or grandparent listening that has a special needs child in their world, that it is okay, not even okay, it is recommended that you contact Marcy, you then make a plan to literally fly or drive into Madison, find the That's M Farm and be able to see Marcy for what that works out to be like three different sessions, one Friday afternoon, one Saturday morning, one Saturday afternoon. And then you wake up Sunday morning and travel back home. I promise you leave so much in the dirt of her arena. You leave everything from guilt to, I know for me, I struggled a lot with how, while I was pregnant, I thought the same thing all dopey women think, right? I want to make sure they have all their fingers and toes. And you know what kids can do without fingers and toes? You know, they can't do without some of the other very important things that these special needs kids are born challenged by. And so going and being able to say, yeah, truth is I have pain around that. I have guilt around that. I have grief around that. I have whatever. And let Marcy work all that through you return back to that child, a whole new person and in a very different mindset. So to me, that would be a blessing for any parent. Grandparents buy that for your daughter who has a special needs kid or come as a couple either way. So your wonderful farm, talk a little bit, share a little bit about your animals, because I know that you have some pretty extraordinary horses there too. Yes, I do. Um, there are 18 horses on the farm, 12, That's a lot. Yeah, 12 are mine. And then I have three foster horses here. Um, two of which will probably be folded into the program because they're very sweet and they like people a lot. And the other three are boarders. They live pretty much outside where it's beautiful and healthy for them. We love them and play with them a lot. And, uh, we have barn kitties that love people, so they're also part of the therapy. <laughs> they, they think cat therapy is very important. And you and I share a love of a certain breed of dog. <laughs> yes, I have my 19-month-old Bernice Mountain Dog. Who's <laughs> <laughs> very opinionated. <laughs> 19 months, that's a special age. From here on out, it's much easier with them. They are the most loving, loving dogs in the world. Oh, I'm so glad that you have him for sure. <laughs> so that's great. Any goats or anything fun like that? Chickens no, or goats? No, we we had a goat. We had goats for many years, and we had a llama for 18 years. She was 20 years old when she passed, which I guess is phenomenal. Um, yeah. So we just never replaced. Uh, you know, my heart my heart went when she went. So so right now we don't. Yeah. Yeah, we have. We have our two alpaca boys, and I was looking the other day, Dane and I were talking about it, and I said, you know, I think that we've had them 18 years because he and I started dating 
19 years ago and have been together all that time. And I brought them home probably nine or 10 months, I'm going to say, after he and I met. And so he asked me, he says, well, how long do I live anyway? And I looked it up and it's 18 years. So we're keeping a good eye on them. <laughs> they're at their, they're at their uh, beginning their geriatric decline, I think. So go into but your, your horses do so much wonderful work. And I think it's, to me, it touches my heart really deeply when I see horses with special needs kids in that they have such a good sense of all of it. And they just take that energy field of theirs, which is big, and kind of have a way to kind of shrink themselves down into this beautiful slow dance with kids. And it's lovely to see. And that same horse turns around and works with a parent in a, a great congruent way, you know, being able to be around the parent. Many times we see the parents of, of kids that need more than other kids do when it turns to their, their body or their illness or their cognitive ability. And all of the resources are pointed at the kids. So you do see the parents on the side of the ring. You don't see them with their ability to, you know, take care of themselves. So I hope they're hearing us today. Marcy, and that they're willing to check you out. Again, Marcy's website is that, T-H-A-T, Zen, Z-E-N, Farm. So that name alone, I think people should say, ooh, I'm going there to sit in a chair and watch those 18 horses and play with that burner dog and meet Marcy and, and really straighten my heart out. <laughs> so that's my hope for them. Um, I want to thank Hope Through Horses for helping us with this podcast, and they're a partial uh, sponsor of our podcast, and we're very grateful to them. HopeThroughHorses.com, you can check that out as well. And Marcy, any final words you would want to say if you knew that there was a mom or dad listening to this podcast, what would you want them to know from your heart to theirs? I would want them to know that I understand the depth of their commitment and I would want them to be able to keep that up, be able to be strong for themselves and for their child, and that I would love to assist them in finding the way that they can feel healthy and strong for their whole lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so important. And I think hearing your voice today. I hope they experience how loving you are. I have the honor of knowing you well, so I know how loving you are. <laughs> and we both you and I share a, a beautiful belief system surrounded in angels. And certainly those mm -hmm. children are surrounded by angels and so are their parents. And so thank mm -hmm. you for the way that you're applying my equine gestalt work in the world and for doing this podcast with me. Thank you so much for having me. You got it. All right. Well, blessings to everyone. And um, I'll talk to Dane, see if I can get him on the next one. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Touched by a Horse podcast. If you'd like more information about anything we've talked about on the show today or our certification program, please visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com. That's touchedbyahorse.com. Or contact our office by phone at 303-440-7125. Also, be sure to keep up with us on social media. We're at Touched by a Horse on both Facebook and Instagram. See you around the barn.
and on the next episode.